Once upon a time, well, that is that's exactly how most stories start. Once upon a time. But what is time? That's what I was trying to think. What is time? Well, I'm going to go back to Genesis 1. When did time start? The times that we think of, and how do we, how do we understand the word time? But notice, because in, in Galatians, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those, that's you and me, that, that were under the, are under the law. And so, um, in looking at the very beginning of time, the Bible says in the beginning, in the beginning, we don't know when that was, but in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So here's the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water. So a firmament is a stretched out place. So that's like where birds fly and all be between heaven and the first heaven, which is out there. That's the firmament, the stretched out space. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So there was just a mass of water below and then the stretched out place and then waters above. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. So out in this stretched out place, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs. This is a very important verse. Let these lights out there be for signs like the stars, and seasons, and days, and years. So then let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens, to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light, to rule the night, and knowing this when I go out walking, or I used to go out walking at night and see the moon and everything, I'd say, hello, you lesser light, because that's what it is, the lesser light, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. I want to pause there a minute because stars and angels seem to be equated 
in the scriptures. And so often, well, Jesus is called the bright and morning star at the very end of Revelation. I am the bright and morning star. And another person, one of the beautiful angels that was given the dominion over this earth was an, an archangel named Lucifer, and that means the morning star. And so the stars and angels are equated throughout the Bible. And so he made the stars also. And I wanted to turn to one place here that is a very wonderful verse. Well, this is how he was, this beautiful angel, one of the stars that he made. God says in Ezekiel 28, um, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. So these angels, especially Lucifer, the light bearer, was in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, diamond, pearl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. And that must take in a lot of things. A special archangel, the anointed cherub. These were guardians of God's throne. So the anointed cherub, the best of all, the highest of all, who covers. God says, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. On day four, the angels were created. And so he said, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And then goes on to say, and you sinned, O covering cherub. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And God says, I cast you to the ground. I don't think he's done this yet. But the, in the 12th chapter of Revelation, we see sometimes there's a future prophecy. And I think that's, he's going to be cast to the ground in the middle of the tribulation in chapter 12 of Revelation. You can read that for yourself. Because I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Well, this hasn't happened yet. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. And there's going to, some way God is going to destroy him forever. But then, in Isaiah chapter 14, it's about Babylon. And it seems like all these ancient nations and world empires had an angel prince over them. And most of them were very, very evil. But this is about Babylon falling. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the light bearer, son of the morning. That's what that means, morning star. So he was a morning star, and he's now Satan. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will, these five I wills, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. So he had a throne. So this tells us that this earth, he's the God of this age, Jesus said. And so he had a throne. And when God made the stars and made the earth, he put Lucifer, his light bearer, over this earth as the angel prince to have dominion over it. And that leads me to this next part that we're going to in just a minute. But he said, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, 
who, of you who weaken the nations. You have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. So he had a throne. They had thrones. And this earth was his throne. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. See, above the, all the other angelic beings that had thrones on maybe different planets, different worlds. But he said, I will also sit on the Mount of the Congregation on the farthest sides of the north. This tells us a little bit about God's throne. The heavens are out here where birds fly and airplanes fly. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is farther on, and the third heaven is where God dwells. He said, I will sit on the Mount of the Congregation. And the scientists say it, God's throne is in the farthest heights of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You see what his sin was? I want to be God. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit, which is in the heart of the earth, Sheol, Hades. You're like an abominable branch. And notice what verse 20 says, you will not be joined. Just keep this in mind, uh, Isaiah chapter 12. You will not be joined with them in burial because you have destroyed your land. And I'm not just sure, but maybe it was Israel. And slain your people. The brood of evildoers shall never be named. Prepare slaughter for his children. So this is this prophecy against Babylon. But behind Babylon was an angel prince. So back here we see in, in Genesis that God made the lesser lights to rule the night, and he made the stars also, angels too. So angels and stars are equated. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And I think this refers to the gospel and the stars. You know, when God made the constellations, he named the stars. He calls them all by name. We read in Psalms, he made them all, and he calls them by the name. But the names that he called them by have to do with the Bible stars. So uh, there's Virgo up there, and that's it. the virgin someday will bear a son. And then there'll be a mighty man grappling with a serpent. Well, see, all of this we see in the Bible. Played out, but it's written in the stars first. And so we just love to look up there. The virgin will bear a son, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, not Wonderful Counselor. When people say that, it disturbs me. There's a comma after wonderful because he's a God of wonders, see? He is a wonderful counselor, but he is a counselor too. But when they read that from Isaiah, he's a wonderful and he's counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so this is the wonderful one that God would, would send someday, the virgin son, to bear our sins and to give us everlasting life. And so, back in Genesis, back there, he made the stars also, and he set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So each of the constellations tell a story that later, see, there wasn't a written Bible then. How did people know all that they knew without a Bible? Well, they knew it from the stars. Each one of the constellations has sub-lessons in it. And so the whole Bible is, is written in the heavens. And people knew this way back. There are some books that if you want to know about them, I have a couple here out there that if you want them, they're called God's Voice in the Stars. 
And it's just very fascinating to see what God has done. Later on, he, he said, after he made the stars, the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 22, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, and each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. That was day six. Now here's the end of it. Then God said on day six, remember day four, he made the stars and the angels. Then on day six, he said, let us, this is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Did you know you were made in God's image according to his likeness? And he said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Now, who had he given dominion over this earth on the fourth day? Lucifer, son of the morning. And so he was here, and he heard this. He heard God say to this man that he's going to make, I'm giving him dominion over this earth. And I think this is when Satan became Satan, when he fell, because he said, I have dominion over this earth. I'm ruling it. But then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. Now, who's hearing this? The one that thought he had dominion, the angelic prince. And he thought he was the one that had dominion. Now, God is giving this miserable creature of dust dominion over him. Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed on, on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, to which there is life, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. And then God saw everything that he'd made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them so that means the hosts of them, that would be all the stars, all the angels, all that, all the hosts of them were finished um, on the sixth day. So they were finished. And then the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So this is the history of the heavens and earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens before any um, plant of the earth was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had 
not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. For, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God, and I must just stop here and say that probably the most important chapters of the Bible are the first 12 chapters of Genesis. Everything you need to know about everything is in these first 12 chapters of Genesis. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed a man. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that was pleasant for the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and it became four riverheads, and it names them. One was Havilah, and then another was Gihon, then Hittical, and then the one that we know and do, the fourth river, is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now see, they had free will. See, some say man doesn't have any free will. Well, they had a choice here, didn't they? You could eat of it and die, or not eat of it and live. And the Lord said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate comparable to him. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave the names to all cattle, birds of the air, beasts of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. And someone said, a doctor way back, was reading this, and this gave him the idea for anesthesia. So, you know, many wonderful things have come from the Bible besides just salvation. How to live, how to do things. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made a woman, and he brought her to Ad, man, and to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, so this, this angel prince is also now called a serpent. <clears throat> and he heard God give authority to the man because they were made the fourth day. Now the sixth day, man and woman were made. So the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, it didn't surprise her that a snake was talking to her, but he was, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, 
Did God say that? God said, in the day that you eat it, you will die, spiritually. And they didn't fall dead immediately, physically, but eventually they, were, they would be spiritually dead and, and eventually would die physically. <clears throat> you, and the serpent said to the woman, when, when she said, you shall not eat of it nor touch it, lest you die. In other words, she softened it, didn't she? Maybe you will and maybe you won't, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. But he didn't add, and you won't be able to keep from doing evil. So when the woman said to the, saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord because they, they didn't want to see the Lord. They hid among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? So he said, Not that God didn't know behind the tree. Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and Satan's seed. Now who is that going to be? Between your seed and her seed. Who is that going to be? That's going to be Jesus. The seed of the woman. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he sh he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Satan will be done away with one of these days. But he, when was Jesus bruised in the heel when he died on the cross? Then I will greatly to the woman. He said, "I'll greatly multiply your sorrow and conception. In pain you shall bring forth children." Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, from, from for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So God covered their sin, and by the fact that they wore the tunics, it signified that they accepted God's way of having their sin covered over them. This is long before the Savior would come, 
and take away our sin and take it to himself and we would be clean before God when we believe in him as our Savior. And then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden and to chill the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim, these are the guardians of God's throne, cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life so they couldn't get to it and live forever as sinners. Then Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. He thought this was the Savior promise, that I, with your seed shall bruise you know, the head of the serpent. So she thought Cain was the one. Well, we see Cain, not as Cain, we read in the New Testament, who slit his brother's throat with a sacrificial knife, is what the Hebrew says slit his brother's throat and killed his brother. And he was of the evil one. So God called to Cain and said, where's Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a bonder, a vagabond, you'll be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like this person that the judge is just sentenced for murder, maybe five or six people? My punishment is more than I can bear. So, in the process of time, uh, let's see, where did I? In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering to the, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, and he didn't respect Cain and his offering. Why? Well, one was a blood offering. See, without The Bible says without the shedding of blood, it was necessary that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, is no forgiveness of sin. And so what did Cain bring? A bloodless offering. The best he had, probably thought it was beautiful, maybe flowers and beautiful, but it didn't cut it with God because there was no blood. So he brought, Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he didn't respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And what it really means in the Hebrew, and one of the Hebrew scholars, and this is his writing, uh, this is Gleason Archer. I said, no, I don't understand this verse, Gleason wants to him. He's dead. He's with the Lord now. But so he came back with this beautiful Hebrew writing and of this verse, and he said, This is what it says in the Hebrew. If you do what is good, will there not be a lifting up of your countenance? And then he puts the Hebrew. But if you do not do good, at the doorway, sin 
is one who is crouching. Who was crouching at the door? The devil was going to get him. One who is crouching. And his desire is directed toward or against you. But you are to rule over it. So that's what this verse means. If you do not do well, sin. Sin lies at the door. But that's really the devil was going to get after him. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose against Abel, his brother, killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I'm not my brother's keeper, am I? So anyway, he said, Cain is cursed. So Cain knew his wife and became a great civilization of, on the pre-flood earth. But so, um, and, and then in verse 25 of chapter 4, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth, for God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So this is a very interesting first few verses in the Bible. This is the book of the, uh, the genealogy of Adam. And in verse 3, Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image. What was his image now? A sin. Sin. Sin had come upon the human race. So now, all everybody born from Adam and Eve, even sweet little children, are sinners. And it doesn't take long before, eh, I want my way. <laughs> but that's how it all happened. So all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And so it goes on. All these generations until it comes to Enoch. So Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So here is the first picture of a rapture, of a catching away to heaven with somebody that didn't see death. And his name was Enoch, the seventh from Adam. And he, so then... Uh, all the days, so after he begat, let's see, Methuselah, Enoch walked with God, and then Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. After he begat Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and begat sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And the Bible says that during the reign of Jesus, when he comes back and rules for a thousand years, people will live a long time like this again. So uh, this is nothing that Methuselah lived 969 years, and he died. But he died. Lamech lived 182 years and begat sons, and he called his name Noah, saying, This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord God has cursed. And after he begat Noah, Lamech lived 595 years and begat, son, begat sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years. It's beginning to, lifespan beginning to go down, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to him, that the sons of God, uh, these would be angels, in Job chapter 1, when you read Job chapter 1, it came to pass that God had a convocation in heaven and he called the sons of God to talk to them. And he said to them, Have you seen my servant Job? 
what a great guy he is. <laughs> and he doesn't sin and he loves me and serves me. But so the serpent said back to him, just put your hand on him and touch him and he'll curse you to your face. Well, you read the book of Job. It's very interesting that Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I just love the book of Job. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply that the sons of God, these are angels, saw the daughters of men, and they were that they were beautiful, and they took them for themselves of all whom they chose. Now this is this is how the angels cohabited with humans, and these are called the Nephilim in the Bible, like like the giant that David killed. He was the, of the Nephilim, half angel half human. Wicked, wicked people. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, so after the flood, there was an eruption of these angelic beings cohabiting with humans again, becoming giants on the earth again. And we don't have them today, I don't think, unless we find their bones someplace, but some say they found some of their bones in, over in the Far East. I think that on the email, how many of you got an email this week? Yeah, fascinating, wasn't it? This huge creature, human, but his bones. Anyway, so in those days, giants were on the earth, and also after the flood. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every imagination, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I'm sorry I've made them. But Noah found grace at the first time grace, because he didn't deserve it. It's God doing the work and God getting the credit. That's what grace means. God doing the work and God getting the credit. And so this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God, and Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be just before he comes back again. And things are looking pretty dark in our world, aren't they, these days. The earth was also corrupt before God, and earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. You make an ark of gopher wood and make it uh, inside and out, pitch it with pitch. So it'll be waterproof. And this is how you'll make it. So Noah was spared from this worldwide flood that came. And so in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month of the uh, month on the on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken and the windows of heaven were opened. So this global flood was 
just a, a terrific, one of the great things that have happened to this earth. And the water, in fact, Dr. Morris's tape that I have, the flood last time and the fire next time. So I guess it's going to be, the earth is going to be wiped out by fire next time. But we won't, Christians won't be here. They'll be caught away to be with the Lord. The waters prevailed and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life. So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. So this was this terrible thing. So what was God going to do? If, if all man except Noah was was wiped out, so he's going to, from Noah's family now, with his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, he's got to fix things, and he's got to send his son someday. But this is way back in the Old Testament. So, And he, after the flood, he put the rainbow in the sky. He said, every time you see the rainbow, you'll know that I will never destroy the earth by water again. So... Um, these are the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated after the flood. And Noah began to be a farmer. He planted a vineyard, and he drank of the same of the vine, of the wine, and was drunk, and became uncovered in his tent. Then, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a, har a garment and laid it on both their shoulders and went backward, covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away, so they didn't see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. So something was done to him, probably a homosexual act, by this Hamitic, um, or Ham's son, or Ham himself. Cursed be Canaan. So it was probably Canaan, the son of Ham. Cursed be Canaan, the servant of servants shall he be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And may God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And so Noah lived after the flood 350 years. All the days of Noah were 959 years, and he died. So then in chapter 10 is the, the genealogy of the sons of Noah and how it comes down further and further and further until um, the, the promise of the Savior would come. And so, um, yeah, so, let's see. so back here, we're going to go back then. The promise of the Savior coming. <clears throat> and I'll have to see. I broke my hand also when I fell. And so it's hard for me to work with it. We'll start with Luke chapter 1, about bringing how God is going to fix things and change things. And Luke writes, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of the things which are most surely believed among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, Luke says, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you 
an orderly account, O most excellent Theophilus, which means lover of God, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were um, instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. <clears throat> so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell on him, upon him. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also be, go before him, the Messiah, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. See, he had a heart of unbelief. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you didn't believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he couldn't speak to them. They perceived that he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived she and hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord, underline five months in your Bible, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. The announcement of, uh, and now in the sixth month, so the first month is Abib, and the sixth month is Elul, like September, October. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, and he was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now, where was David's throne? Jerusalem, right? But 
He hasn't come there yet, but when he comes back again, he'll come right to Jerusalem and he will rule for a thousand years from David's throne. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called Jesus. Reading of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So already the baby was on the way. At the very moment the angel said she was going to have a baby, that the Holy Spirit put Jesus in her womb. And blessed be the fruit of your womb. Not will be, but be. And this is, why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So Mary gives this wonderful uh, psalm, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit is rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he's regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. And behold, henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. So if John was born in December, Jesus born six, six months later, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, probably at the Feast of Pentecost, when the church started, when the Holy Spirit came and started the church. But So <clears throat> that's when his birth was, June. Mary remained three months and returned to her house. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered. She brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. And so it was on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. And his mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There's no one among your relatives who's called by this name. So they made signs to his father. What would you have him called? And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. So his father, Zacharias, filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He has raised and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn or, or a king or a kingdom of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. And then he says, And you, child, John, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high now, day spring, that's another name, the morning star. 
The day spring from on high. That's another name for Jesus. The morning star has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So John grew, became strong in spirit, and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. But it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Thus the census first took place, so it had never happened before. It first took place. God wanted a record of the exact time of his son's coming. The census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was, though while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, <clears throat> which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, not singing, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go and see to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come up to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had been told them. But when Matthew comes along, the next part of the story, in Matthew chapter 1. After Jesus was born, chapter 2, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this the prophet said, Micah, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, 
the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, so this is sometime later, isn't it? Not in the manger, at the manger, but he's now in a house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Maybe he was three years old by now. When they opened their treasures, they presented him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they shouldn't return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And now when they had departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to Egypt. Flee there, stay there, until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. So this is part of the birth of Jesus Christ. And aren't you glad he came so long ago? And he's coming back. Now I think his second coming, or his coming for his church, is going to be the next thing in God's plan. That one of these days there will be a shout from heaven. The Lord will shout from heaven. And the voice of the Lord will call, and the dead in Christ will be raised first. Then you and I, who are alive and remain, will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we'll ever be with the Lord. So this could happen very soon. This week, we, that's what we keep looking for. Keep looking up for the Lord to come for us. So, Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. Bless it to our hearts at this wonderful time of year. It may not have been his real birth date, but we celebrate it as such. And so we just love you and thank you so much for sending Jesus to pay for our sins. In his wonderful name we pray. Amen.